Save man's soul. Save man's soul. Lord, Jesus Lord Jesus today. Speak to me. Speak to me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now I want you to stand up and I want you to hug and howdy 38 people before you come back to where you see. Go ahead. That's awesome. All right. All right. How many got to 38? How many got to 38? 47. Nancy's got 47. <laughs> no, but <laughs> that's all right. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. All right. <laughs> Nah, we won't whistle. We'll be all right. Jeff, we're going to go ahead and move into the sermon. That's okay. Awesome. Starting a new series today. Uh, there will be three messages in this series. 
And uh, today we're going to start the blessed life. As I start this morning, how many of you would say, by a show of hands, that you would like to be blessed and for God to bless you? All right. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Now, and, and it's no... And this, there's no embarrassment to admit this next, uh, answering this next question. How many of you would like to be more blessed than you are right now? Okay. I mean, you know, experiencing the divine hand of God everywhere you go. Seeing those coincidences as God going before you, how many of you would like to experience that and, and that blessed life? Yeah, good. All right. Acts chapter 20 and verse 35 speaks directly to that type of heart. Jesus said it this way, it is more blessed to give than to receive. He said, if you want to be blessed... You've got to learn to give in order to receive. And so the challenge today is to be more blessed. The problem gets and comes because we think if we're more blessed, we're going to get more stuff. But the reality is the blessed life is being generous more as we live our lives. And to show you how this works, I was at my favorite breakfast restaurant. Do any of you know where that is? That's it. There is no reason to eat anywhere else besides Hugo's. There really isn't. I mean, you can, you can, you can try places, but there's just not a place to eat better than Hugo's. Um, it, it always... Tickles my wife when she goes with me in there because they call me by name like I'm coming into the bar at Cheers. Hey, preacher! You know. But I know I'm eating at a place way too much. When I was meeting a guy there for breakfast and he got there early and he said, Hey, I'm meeting the preacher here. Where does he sit? And people in the restaurant said he sits at that table right there. So it's kind of bad. But anyway, I was in Hugo's and uh, finished my meal and got ready to pay and uh, there wasn't a ticket on the table and so I went up to pay and uh, the waitress has told me, said, uh, somebody's already paid for that. And I went, really? Well, who was it? Well, we can't tell you. So I became a recipient and received a blessing from someone else's gift. When Cindy and I were on our trip to Ohio recently, we were in a restaurant eating and uh, we both looked a, uh, across the way from us in a booth, and there was a mom with three children. And uh, the mom obviously uh, had been going through cancer treatments uh, because uh, she had no hair. And you could tell from the pale skin, and just a, a lot of things were telling that she's in treatments. And toward the end of our meal, Cindy looked across the table and she said, you need to buy her meal. And I said, well, I'm way ahead of you because I thought the same thing. And so I, after we got ready to leave, I went up to the waitress and I asked her for their ticket. And the waitress teared up and she said, sir, you don't know how much a blessing that will be for her. She's my best friend. 
Um, and I teared up then, and I'm tearing up now telling you the story. Because you see, we are so blessed that day to be able to give so someone could receive. Are you, getting, are you catching on with me yet? If we as believers can internalize this truth of it's better to give than receive, it unquestionably can be life-changing. Now, in that verse, everybody say with me, more blessed blessed. to do what? Than to receive. More blessed blessed. to do what? Than to receive. You got it. To unlock that spiritual dimension in our lives, there's a key. And the key to being blessed and having the blessed life is a heart of generosity. A heart of generosity. Proverbs says it best when he says, One man gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. 25. A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Boy, that's true, isn't it? Slip over into the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, begin at verse 6, and Paul says it this way, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you you will abound how? In every good work. Verse 11, jump down to verse 11. You will be made rich in every way so that you can what? Be generous on every occasion And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Imagine, imagine, you become so consumed with generosity, so consumed with being more blessed, that you give more and more and are more blessed and more blessed. You give more, you're blessed more. Because you know it's more blessed to give than to receive. Imagine that as your heart of generosity grows so much that people around the world praise God for you. There are people in India who praise God for our contributions. Did you know that? Because the two evangelists that we uh, have supported and are supporting, Emmanuel previous before his death, and then are in Banjari, are reaching hundreds, hundreds of people for Jesus Christ. Emmanuel's village that he went to, zero people that were Christians, and now there's over 300. The very men that raped his wife in front of him and told him to leave, now are leaders in the church and have found Christ. God can just do so much 
with a heart of generosity. And that's why I love you. And I love this church. Is because you are such generous people. The gift to help with camp. There's always... You guys are amazing at what you do. And with all that being said, here's the question I want you to think about. Why are more why are not more people generous? Why aren't people more generous? Or maybe another way to say is why aren't more people blessed? And the answer is that I think what I want to call they have bad mindsets. They have a bad mindset. You know what a mindset is? I'm going to set my mind on something. That's what a mindset is. And I want to talk to you a little bit about those three different, there's three different kinds of mindsets I want to talk about. And uh, sadly, the first one is where so many people are. That first mindset is called the bag. There's not enough. There's not enough. These are the people that believe they don't have enough. I mean, I mean, I mean, we would give. We would give a lot more. But we just simply don't have enough to be generous. I'd like for us to take a look at what God's Word says about that type of person. In the book of Haggai, chapter 1, not, not, a, not a, a real powerful book that you hear preached out of a lot, but the book of Haggai, chapter 1, and verse 6, it says, You eat, but do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. It seems like you've got, I've got, we've got a bag full of holes. We get in money. We get in resources. And what happens? They bleed out through those holes. It seems like we never, ever have enough. When it's all said and done at the end of the month. We're running short. We're behind the, the curve. We're behind the eight ball. It just seems that we can't stay caught up. There's never enough in the bag. You feel like anytime you start to get ahead, boom, transmission on the car goes out. Oh, well, we're just about to get it. Boom, heater and HC goes out at the house. And it usually happens on the coldest day of the year. Or the AC goes out on the hottest day of the year. Boom, goes out. We have no resources. Our credit cards are maxed. So what do we do? We do what every red-blooded American does. Call mom and dad. That's right. Well, mom and dad will have it. Well, what happens if mom and dad all of a sudden shirt, turn the tap off? No, 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 preacher, don't, don't, don't talk like that. <laughs> we never have enough because we've got this bag mentality. We put our faith in what's in the bag. And when we look at the New Testament, we see a guy that really believed what was in the bag. That guy's name was Judas. You remember a time when Jesus and the disciples were doing their ministry and a prostitute woman, Mary of Magdalene, she came to Jesus and she had been crushed of her sin and she realized and repented and was ready to make some changes in her life. And she took a bottle of the most expensive perfume, 
broke it open and poured it on the feet of Jesus to cover his feet and massage his feet, Judas went ballistic. What a wasteful thing you've done. We could have sold that perfume and kept our ministry afloat. I wonder if some of these television guys aren't hooked up in this bag mentality. You know the old, the old phrase, if you'll send me a hundred, God will bless you tenfold. Well, why don't we reverse that? If they truly believe that, then why don't they seed a hundred dollars into your life and let God bless them tenfold? And the more they would give you, the more He would pour out according to that philosophy. Have you caught up with me yet? Oh, you're blaspheming, preacher. Watch out. Mm -hmm. Is that what God's really saying? But see, the bag says, the bag mindset says, I can't do anymore. And when you go back and look at Judas... He betrayed Jesus for what? A bag of coins. 30 pieces of silver that he had in his bag. People don't tithe today because they're more concerned about what's in the bag than honoring God. The first is sad. A lot of people live there in that, in that bag mindset. But the second one's a bit more exciting. It's what's called the basket mindset. In other words, more than enough. This is a person who believes that God is an abundant God and that we can trust Him. We can trust Him. We've got more than enough. And because God is an abundant God, we can give freely. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, pick it up at verse 4, it says, The fruit of your womb... I started reading this this week and I... I, I went, and the fruit of the loom. <laughs> and I stopped and I went, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a it's funny how things will stick in your mind. It's kind of like the guys that were praying at the table. And one of them said, Lord, bless our falling shorts. They stopped right there. And then, the, then about a few weeks later, the guy says, Lord, bless this fruit of the loom. And so, you know, it's just sometimes that happens. But he says, the fruit of your womb will be blessed in the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, verse 5, your what? Basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in, blessed when you go out. Jesus in the New Testament gave an interesting teaching about the basket mindset in Luke chapter 6. He said, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, until it be given unto you. Now who's Jesus talking about in this particular verse? Two types of people. There were those who were the laborers in the field for the master who owned that field. And their job was to gather the crops. Now they didn't have combines, they didn't have machinery, so they had baskets. And they would go and put produce and product in the basket. But they wouldn't fill it up because they had to carry the basket all the way across the field to the storehouse. But the second type of person that Jesus is talking to here is the poor person. Who at the end of the day, when the workers, the laborers had done their part, 
the master of the field would open that field for those poor folks to come and to gather anything that was left. And the picture was of those people, they would bring their basket and they would start to put their basket, stuff in their basket. And then they would press it down so they could do what? Get more in the basket. And they would press it down. They would shake it so they could put more in their basket. And when they left that field, that basket was running over. Because you see, that's the kind of generous God that you and I serve. That's the generous God that loves us enough to bless us more as we give out of hearts of gratitude. And we need to understand that the basket of mindset is where God wants us to be. He wants us to understand that He is an abundant God and He can provide and He will provide. He may bless us with money, but He may bless us with other kinds of blessings to where our baskets are overflowing. And another good example of that in the New Testament is that story of Jesus when He's out teaching 15,000 or listening and he gets a little long-winded preachers do that sometimes present company excluded i appreciate that very much ha we get a little long-winded because we think we got a whole lot to say well jesus on this particular occasion got a little carried away got past the noon hour and people looking at each other going i'm hungry you got anything to eat and there wasn't a mcdonald's or a or a, or a, a mazio's that could, could have pizza delivery so he began to look around and there was a boy there Remember the story? He had how many loaves? And how many fish? There you go, I help you. Visual aid. Five and awesome. And how many people? 15,000 at least. 5,000 men, women, and children. Who knows how many? So Jesus goes to the little boy and asks him for the five loaves of bread and the two fish. Now, if the boy had a bag mindset, he would have done this. I, 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 I don't have anything. I, I don't have anything. What basket? I don't have a basket. Now, see, bread they didn't buy at the store. They baked it, right? So the smell of bread was probably coming out of that basket, don't you think? And he's in there, I, I don't have it. It's like, my, it's like our kids when they were little and they'd get into the cookie jar. And they didn't understand that the chocolate chip stuff stayed all over the face. And we'd come in and we'd say, all right, who's been in the cookie jar? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Stuff's all over. It used to tickle me. I just thought, this is great. Let me have some of that. What are you having all that cookies for? But he, if he was the bag mindset, he would hold that. He'd say, no, 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 no. What's mine is mine. You, you didn't bring it. I brought it. But thank God he had the basket mindset. He just handed it over to Jesus. Jesus held it up to heaven, asked God to bless. And what happened? Everybody was fed. But here's a little lost lesson in the whole story. At the end of the eating time and at the end of the lesson moment, there was leftovers. And the story says that there were 12 baskets of food left over. Why the number 12? One for every tribe of the children of Israel? One for, I guess, the first 12 days of the month? No. 
it was so every disciple, every apostle would get hold of a basket and take it on to the next place they were going. God blesses when we give. And so because of the basket mindset, we say, I believe, God, that you can do more. I believe that you can be trusted. And so I'm just going to give it to you. And I will pray that God will stretch out your bag mindset into a basket mindset because it is more blessed to give than to receive. And now that we've got the, the bag mindset, the basket mindset, and I believe this third one, and I hope and pray that some of you are able to experience this third mindset in your life. And it's what I call the barn, the barn mindset. Defined basically infinitely more than enough. In Deuteronomy 28, we stay there, verse 8, it says, The Lord will send a blessing on your, what? Barns on everything you put your hand to. Imagine this, that you are so faithful with what's in the bag and also what's in the basket, and God gives you barns that are overflowing. Barns that are overflowing. God does that. He gives barns. He gave a barn, uh, overflowing barn to Joseph. Joseph in the Old Testament was faithful. God elevated him from the pit. He was faithful even while he was in prison. He went into the palace of the king. He was faithful in the palace. And then a famine came on the land. And Joseph said, I have barns that are overflowing. And he was able to feed everyone in Egypt because his barns were overflowing. Why do you, when you get in trouble, can call mom and dad and they can bail you out? Is because they've developed the barn mentality, the barn mindset. You see. And he was able to feed everybody. And when you're faithful, when you and I are faithful, God does that in a similar way. He will use you to bless many because your barns are overflowing. Every person who comes to salvation in Christ in India from the evangelists that we support, you are a part of that decision. Because you give the sustenance for that man and his family to, to be supported. And that's that not awesome. That is absolutely awesome. When we, we invest in church camp, and so every baptism that happens at Sunset Bible Camp this summer, you and I had a part of. That's right. When young people from Cookson Hills grow and learn obedience and learn to work as a family, you and I are part of that success story. Why? Because of the money that we send. And we help support that mission, that ministry. God is working through us, doing great things, and, and we need to develop this barn mindset. You won't just be a tither if you have the barn mindset. You see, that's the beginning point for most believers. You're going to be, I read this this week, called a twither. How about that one? It's not even a word. It can't be. But that's a person who's a 20 percenter. You ever thought about giving 20 percent? Oh, oh, Ooh, let me take a drink on that one there, preacher. <laughs> I need something a little stronger than water, too. But 
for me is water. Ooh, 20%. R.L. Letourneau, East Texas, Longview, Texas, college there, huge manufacturing uh, area there uh, from R.L. Letourneau. R.L. Letourneau took the challenge to give God more than he lived on. So as he began his business, he then said, God, if you will bless me, I will in turn will bless others. Before R.L. Letourneau passed away, he was able to live on 10% and give 90% away. Is that not awesome? Harlan Sanders, any of you know that name? If I say Kentucky Fried Chicken, any of you know that? Yeah, we're intimately acquainted. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Harlan Sanders said, God, you sell my chicken and I'll give, give, your, give the money away. Harlan Sanders did the reverse 10%, gave away 90%. You say, preacher, it's impossible. Not if you have a barn mindset. Not if you have a barn mindset. God can do immeasurably more than you hope or ask. And here's the deal. God wants you to know how much He can bless you with because He wants to know, are you going to be a bag person who never has enough? Are you going to be a basket person, a funnel that lets the overflow be a blessing to others? Or will you have great faith? You know, the kind of stuff that people talk about. Will you develop that barn mindset? And here's how much God can bless you. He can bless you with so much. In Luke chapter 16, pick it up at verse 10, it says, Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? I hear people all the time, Boy, if I could just hit the lottery, preacher, we'll take care of the church. Really? I know a building, I, all I need, all I need is $15 million. So you better get busy on that lotto, and you better get busy. Because if you hit it, I'm going to come looking for $15 million that you promised me you'd give me. $15 million? Chump change, amen? <laughs> all of you are going, yeah. Yeah, wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't it be awesome? Wouldn't it be awesome to be able to just write a check of $15 million and say, man, here you go. Man, that'd be hilarious giving, wouldn't it? Yeah, so hilarious I couldn't write that check. Okay. But if you trust you with a little, he then can trust you with more. Proverbs says it this way, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing. He didn't say, bring me the second best. He said, bring the first fruits. Bring the first fruits. The beauty of the tithe is that it teaches us to trust God. It teaches us that God can do more with 90% that is blessed than 100% that is not. He can do more with 90% that is blessed than 100% that's not. And you might say, preacher, I just can't give. We are just so tight to the wire. I would challenge you to 
Move outside that box. Move outside that mindset. Trust God. Trust God. In the New Testament, Jesus taught a parable in Luke 12. He, he told them a parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. And then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. Problem is, that's where most of us are, isn't it? I want to get ahead. I want to look. I look at my annuity now. What a joke. <laughs> Put so much money in an annuity and you're going, okay. Overnight. Gone. <laughs> Essentially. Right? When I started, when I bought into this annuity, I was told, by the time you're 65, you'll have over a million dollars in there. That was 20 years ago. I'm not even close. <laughs> That's what happens, isn't it? When we put all of our stuff in the bag, and we only lean on the bag, we never have enough. And that's what's wrong with our thinking. But he goes on. Jesus goes on to answer this guy. Pick it up at verse 20 in Luke 12. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. And then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself. But is not rich toward God. As I've said many times, I've never in all of my time of doing funerals and attending funerals and watching funerals, I've never seen a hearse pull a U-Haul. Not yet. Not yet. I've seen families go nuts over what's left. Boy, I mean ugly nuts about what's left. But I've never seen that dead person one time. Three guys, four guys playing golf in a foursome. They're on the putting green and funeral procession comes by. And the guy fixes the putt, stands up, takes his hat off, holds it over his heart. The other three guys watching, they, whoa, they're impressed. So they, they did the same thing. And the uh, funeral procession passed. And they, those three guys looked at him and said, man, I, oh, that's impressive. Did, did you know that person? He goes, well, yeah. He said, uh, <clears throat> that was my wife. And uh, I, uh, I just felt like I should honor her as she goes by. <laughs> You guys are rough on me today. <clears throat> God wasn't angry at this man. God wasn't angry at this man because he was really blessed. And he wasn't angry because he was blessed. God was the one who had blessed him. He was angry at the man because he didn't understand how to be blessed. He thought that all the blessings were for him. This is a guy that had barn blessings with a bag mindset. And I will respectfully say, this is where most of us are. When you look at what you have compared to what most of the rest of the world has, you have barn blessings with a bag mindset. And the reason you are not more blessed and you all raised your hand. I think most of you, nearly all of you, raised your hand when you said, 
when I ask you if you want to be more blessed. And the reason that we're not more blessed is because we think it's more blessed to receive than it is to give. Father, I ask you this morning to open our hearts, touch our minds. God, this is one of the most generous churches I know. These are, these are some of the most generous people that I know. I am amazed time and time again at their generosity because there's so many in this church who have moved out of that bag mindset into the basket mindset. And Father, I, I just pray that there'll be some who will take that challenge and move into the barn mindset. That they will let you be trusted. That they will give to you in such a way that they cannot contain the blessings that you pour back into their life. And God, I thank you. I thank you so much that we can live in a world and in a country where we are have so much. And God, you just you just want us to give a tenth of it. You just want us to give just a little bit. And so God Would we get out of that bag, living in the bag, and move to the basket and trust you? And then, God, would would there be those who would move out of that basket and into the barn who would let you overflowingly bless out of the abundance of what they give? And, God, I thank you ahead of time for what you continue to do and will do lives of these people in this church. But God, I would be remiss if I didn't challenge the hearts of your people that live here and work here and serve here and call this church their church. Because Father, you didn't operate in a bag mindset. You operated toward us with a barn mindset. You gave the very best gift that could be given to anybody in the form of your son, Jesus Christ. You sacrificed Jesus so that I, we, could have eternal life. God, I pray that if there's somebody in this room that's ready to move from a bag mindset to a basket, that you'll honor that. God, maybe there's somebody in this room that's ready just to move out of the selfish mindset and surrender to you. We stand ready to help. We stand ready to teach. We stand ready to encourage. If there's anybody that has a decision to make, maybe they want to join the church and make this their church home stand ready to help them with that as well. God, whatever decision needs to be made, would you help them make it? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand as we sing this hymn of invitation together. Amazing grace